Hello and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host Louisa Fletcher. We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you're staying put, buying, selling, renting or letting, we'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages, as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. In today's show, Lou will be looking at why it's so hard to find anywhere to rent at the moment, apart from in London apparently, and we'll also be bringing us the latest news on the 2021 property boom. Plus, Monty will be looking at why it can be more difficult to get a mortgage if you're self-employed and sharing his pick of the latest mortgages available. We're here to help you make money, save money, and most importantly of all, protect yourself, regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey. We all set, Lou. Let's do it, Monts. Hello, we're back. It's Yay! number, is it number six? Yes, number six. It is. <laughs> How's your, now, literally, Lou, I have not, we haven't even conversed. No. No. Uh, uh, not a word this no. in in the last two weeks. I, I feel abandoned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you've been yeah. Well, every time I think every time I texted you or tried to get in contact with you, it's like, can I call you back? I'm too busy. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I no, I know the you. feeling. It just goes on and on this market, yeah. doesn't it? It hasn't really stopped, has it? It hasn't mm. really stopped. No, no. But we've but... got um. An interesting yeah. show today. I think it, I think it's fair to say there's a little bit of something for everyone today. Good. Mm. Good. So Where um, do you want to start? Well, I thought we might start with a bit of a pop quiz. <laughs> Just a pop for something quiz. a bit different. Just for I love something a, pop a bit different. Quiz. Yeah, yeah, no. So there's no prizes, unfortunately. Yeah. Is it eighties music? It isn't, because that's my special subject. That's my special subject as well. <laughs> so it's not that no. But okay. but so there's method in my madness, in case okay. people really think that we've lost the plot. Right. Well, this is the property show. Yeah, yeah. Not the music show. No, 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 no. But just get, just go with it. Go with it. Okay? All right, I'll play along. Go on. Okay, so I'm going to name a few tracks and artists, and I'd like you to see if you can guess the year for me. <laughs> I'm rubbish at guessing the year. Do you think year. you could do go that? Go on then. Okay, go on. Okay, so, Everything right. else I'm good at, but the year, I just, yeah. Go on. Okay, right. So, concentrate now. Right. All right. Okay. Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. Ruby. Oh. Good good tune. Great tune. Take that. Patience. Do you know what? I love that track as well. It was the that was kind of the big comeback single for them, wasn't yeah. it, I think? Um another classic, Snow Patrol, Chasing Cars. Oh. And probably my favorite Amy Winehouse Rehab. I know why that's your favourite. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, what year? What, they what were year? All in the same What's year? the year? Yeah, all in the same, all in oh, the charts, man. in the same month, in the same year. Right. It's definitely the 2000s. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well done. Well done. It's before 2010. It, so somewhere correct. between, correct. I would say somewhere between 2000 and Five, mm. 2005 to 2010. Okay, warm. Oh, God, I don't know. Come on, have a guess. 2005. Close but no cigar, my dear. It's 2007. Oh, I knew it as well. You see, you knew that. Well, I obviously you? didn't. 
Otherwise, I'd have said. Well, I think you probably. Two thousand seven. All right. So, okay. What the hell has that got to do with property? Well, there were some pretty interesting stats released a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and you know me and data. Um, I know you, data. Yeah, yeah. And these are the residential transaction stats that are released from HMRC. Yes. And they reflect residential transactions completed. In yeah. February, I'm still waiting this year. for the link. For yeah. the link, okay. Right. <laughs> Hold on. No pressure. Right. So the big number of homes sold in February this year, on an unadjusted basis for all you stat fans, mm. is a smidgen over 147,000 homes sold in the UK last month. Wow. Okay. So. That's a 23% increase on completions when you compare it to January, so month on month, yeah. and a whopping 48.5% increase compared to February 2020. Blimey. Right? Which, if you Blimey. remember, February 2020, which feels like a, another lifetime ago, <laughs> was pre-COVID, right? Because if you remember... And that was busy then. And that was busy because we were coming off the back of the bounce after the general election. Yeah, it's a Boris bounce. The Boris bounce um, and, and all the good stuff around that. So it was busy last February, busier mm. this year, but it actually makes it the busiest February since February 2007. Ah, there you go. Mm. When there were 147,120 homes sold in February. That's absolutely, so that is, in 2007. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. when we all thought it yeah. can't possibly go any higher. Can't possibly go any higher. Because yeah. I bought, I actually bought my house in two thousand seven. Did you? And I thought, yeah. And I thought, oh, am I being a bit crazy? Because I'm buying at the top of the market. Yeah. yeah. And literally, since then, the value has doubled. Yeah. I can't afford this house now. It's, it's just wow. ridiculous. That's that's insane. Yeah. So, so and just to sort of layer another little bit of context on. Um, and, and to give people listening to this an idea of just how crazy these numbers are, the busiest month on record is March 2016, when mm. there were just over 176,000 residential so conditions in one that, month, right? And if you remember that, Monty, that was because I know. The, yes. the, we had the, the cliff edge of the new tax on second homes and, and buy-to-let properties coming in yeah. on the, 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 the in the April. Stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, and normally in like a a normal market, we'd we'd anticipate that there's around ninety eight thousand homes sold in a month. So doesn't that doesn't that give you? So this is why everybody listening. This is why Monty and I sound a bit frazzled at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I was looking at the stats in in uh, in Corico actually, and we have yeah. It's not the end of the month yet, it nearly is. But no. yeah, this is the most leads we've ever had in a month into the business. That's, and yeah, yeah, our poor brokers and our poor customer <gasps> services team. Yeah. They're all they're they're all a bit fragile. And they're all a bit yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. So um it will be very, very interesting to see because of course now we could have been looking at had the stamp duty holiday. Um, scheme not been extended I think we very it would have been very possible that we could have been looking at a replay of the sort of numbers we've just been talking about mm. you know in, in March 2016 next month yeah. but as it is we've we've got another few months to go yeah. <laughs> so so goodness only knows where we're going to be just before, now the yeah, end of June. just before the end of June yeah 
then I'd expect to see that figure beaten then. I think I, that could I be think... the, the biggest figure on record. Well, we've got it on record now. So I tell you what, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll take you bet. I think, I think that, in fact, there's no bet to take because I agree with you. I do think yeah. it's quite possible it could happen. So, wow. yes. So for anybody trying to buy a house at the moment, and if you're thinking about, oh, you know, I'm looking for a house, I can't find anything. This is the reason why, folks, because everybody's buying houses right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it is really interesting. And, and the more, and, and we'll get onto mortgages like a, a bit later, but some of the rates out there are so cheap and you can understand when you've got the stamp duty holiday, you've got 95% mortgages coming, you've got mm. the, the press is in a bit of a media frenzy around mm. property, et cetera. Um, loads of people just want to, they mm. want to get on with their lives and mm. they want to buy and, mm. and their lifestyles are changing and, and everything we've covered before so it doesn't look look like this is going to end anytime soon and and actually i don't even think it's the stamp duty holiday now no i really don't i think a lot of the clients we're seeing now coming to us are you know the stamp duty is just that's not the reason that they're Mm. they want to buy they Mm. they just want to buy they want Mm. to get on with their lives so there you go so I'll keep you updated. And once we, you know, if if we hit anywhere near that magical, that magical March 2016 figure, I, I will, I will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. So I like that. Good pop quiz. Yeah, thank you. You do that again sometime. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should do it every week. <laughs> oh. I'll have to quiz you next time. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. So just a reminder, you're listening to the Property Show podcast with Louisa Fletcher and me, Andrew Montlake. So Mons, with with all these people moving house at the moment, as we Mm. were just talking about, um, we we were talking earlier before we started recording, actually, um, we were chatting and and you said that, that one group who are finding it really hard to get a mortgage at the moment are those who are self employed or who own their own businesses. Yeah, yeah. So so what's been going on with that? Is this something that's worse perhaps over the last 12 months due to COVID or is this? Yeah, it's it's something that's that has been worse. It's, it's, it's really interesting. So lenders have introduced new lending rules mm. as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, obviously. Um, and it's made it a lot harder for many self-employed people to get a mortgage um, who were seen as riskier anyway due mm. to the you know fluctuating levels of incomes etc and they're now subject to even greater scrutiny at the moment uh because banks are keen on mm. reducing risk mm. in uncertain times of course times. of course which um, is responsible lending let's face it it is responsible lending and my problem is we all understand why lenders have reverted to cautious mode during mm. this period but self-employed people all seem to be lumped into one group and there are many well-established businesses where ironically lenders would lend to their employees but they won't lend to the business owners no really and so not all businesses are in trouble no just because they've taken advantage of say government support or grants Mm. or the or the civil Mm. loans Um, but they're lumping all the self-employed people into the same boat even companies who've prospered during these times. And it's really hard for mm. us to explain to, uh, you know, business owner why 
they're having to jump through so many hoops mm. and why mm. in some cases lenders have been really reticent to lend to them mm. now i think this will start to change as we go through the next tax year because okay. we'll mm. start to see people's tax returns and books etc and mm. if there hasn't been a big drop then I think lenders will start to be a bit more comfortable with it. But I can understand why a lot of self-employed people are really frustrated because they feel they've missed out on, at the moment, really low rates. And a lot of them might miss out on the stamp duty holiday as well. The point you raise about tax, Monty, I think that's really interesting and probably quite relevant um, for us to talk about because mm. this is this is the way that that a lender assesses how much a self-employed person can yeah. borrow, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and so it's it's kind of, but why don't people under, why would that trip people up if they were self-employed and coming into sort of a, a mortgage application in the next few months? Why Why is the tax that they pay relevant to all of that? So in terms of a lender, they're, they're going to want to see your latest assessment. So they're going to want to see your last, at least your last two years worth of, accounts or your SA302s and your tax year overviews, which you can easily download from um, the HMRC website. If you've got your own login there, you can go mm. in and, and and get those those two things. And that shows how much you've earned according to the revenue, uh, what, you, what you've declared to them, and then importantly, how much tax you've paid on that. So it basically tells the lender that your tax is all up to date. Mm. and that mm. there, there are no big debts there. Mm. Now, lenders work in many, many different ways. And I would say even though it's it's felt harder for self-employed people to get mortgages, the good news is, is that there are a lot of specialist lenders out there mm. who have really come back to the fore during these periods and really understand self-employed. They understand mm. self-employed people. They understand the difference between... Um, whether you're a company director, etc., or a sole trader, or a yeah, contractor, yeah. or you're a freelancer, and, and sort of merging between the yeah. between the between the two, so it's important to think to to know that first of all, just because you're self-employed, don't give up. Make sure you speak to a broker who's 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 used to dealing with the self-employed, and and there are options available. But it just feels like it's a bit harder at the moment. So. Different lenders work on in different ways. Some lenders will just want to see your last two years tax returns and accounts, um, and they'll do an average on the last two. There are a couple of lenders who will go on just one year's accounts. Wow, okay, which is, gosh. Which is really good. They're, yeah. They're, they're still there. Um, some lenders will actually take into account retained profits. So there are a lot of businesses, actually, where the directors think, well, actually, I don't need to take all the money out of the mm. business every time because I only mm. need X amount to live. And mm. the more I take out, the more tax I pay. So I'll just leave it in the business. Mm. Um, and there are lenders who will take that into account as well. Um, so there are loads of different options there. But it's really important you understand and get proper advice mm. on mm. which lender will look at your income in which way so you know that you're going to the right lender to maximize mm. your borrowing mm. and the problem that some people have had is is some lenders have been really really picky around if you've taken 
one of the bounce back lines. Yes, I've heard this. I've heard and this. That's, mm. And for me, <laughs> I'd almost go the other way. I, I, I'd almost say, look, there's this government support that's available. Mm. If you're a business, if you don't take the bounce back loan, you don't have to use it. But if you don't take it, then is that really prudent business sense? Mm. You should actually take it. Keep it there if you need it. If you need it, it's there. If you don't need it, then you can pay it back um, mm. in due course. Mm. So I'd, I'd almost argue it, it makes it makes yeah, prudent yeah. sense for directors to take yeah. it. Yeah, but um, so I guess my experience in all of this is that, you know, it's always about being on the front foot, obviously all the time about tax, clearly. But yeah. if what we're saying is that as a self-employed person or as a limited company director, um if the amount of tax that you're paying and can therefore prove is directly related to the amount that you can perhaps borrow when you come to apply for a mortgage, it kind of feels to me that maybe as well as speaking to a mortgage broker, it's good to have a conversation with your accountant well ahead of yeah. time. So your accountant knows that at some point in the next year, two years, that you may be wanting to move home and therefore applying for a mortgage. Yeah, or it- if you might be remortgaging so that they can advise you correctly as to what you should and shouldn't be doing yeah it's it's really difficult to, and a lot of people think they can have their cake and eat it mm. so mm. they can they can keep their earnings low and and therefore pay less tax but then they wonder why they can't prove enough earnings to get a mortgage mm. Mm. and and so it it definitely makes sense to talk to an accountant and let them know what you're going to be doing mm. way ahead of time mm. because there's nothing wrong you're not legally doing anything wrong in terms of you know taking advantage of all the the, the legal tax incentives that are out there, mm. um, but it's definitely going to be worth actually making sure that you are earning enough income that can be proved mm. in order to justify the amount of mortgage and borrowing you need. And if that mm. means paying more tax, well, so what? That means paying more tax. If you're mm. earning that money, then mm. I'd argue you should be paying the tax anyway. Mm. Um, so it, it, it is interesting, but definitely speak to a good tax advisor, accountant, and definitely a good broker as well. And, mm. and then there are options there. Mm. Um, so for example, I've, I've just arranged a mortgage for a celebrity who's, who's, um, both got their own business, variants, various freelance contracts of and course, PAYE yeah. contracts yeah. Right, from okay. several different sources, both wow. in the UK and abroad. Um, including sort of speaking engagements and mm. that type of thing. Mm. So it, it's you wouldn't be able to go to a, a lender yeah, directly not, and 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 then not understand. That's a straightforward gig, it. is it? To, <laughs> to got, put that yeah, one through. You, you've got to know how to how to present it properly mm. in a way that's in a way that's honest, open, and the underwriters can look at it and go, okay, yeah, I really understand that. I get that. Mm. And that's the magic of a broker that's what they give you so so for self-employed people at the moment i would say definitely don't try and do it yourself speak to a broker so the advice is basically if you're self-employed at the moment don't expect that applying for a mortgage is going to be straightforward it can be done is what we're saying yes it can be done it can be done but you do really need to be on the ball about your paperwork, about your tax situation and speak to somebody that's used to dealing with self-employed mortgages so that you are yeah. absolutely getting the right advice depending on what your situation is. Absolutely. Spot on, Lou. Well, it's your advice, Monty. I just gift wrapped it. 
love that. Thank you very much. Well, you're you're listening to the dulcet tones of uh, the property show with Monty and Lou. So, Lou, mm. you picked up on a story this week about the rental market, didn't you? I did. Yes, indeed. Um, so for those of our listeners who are renters, and there are probably a lot of you who are listening to us who are renting because um, there are over 5 million chimney pots, so to speak, in the mm. private rental sector in the UK. So that's a lot of households that rent privately. Um, and for those renters who are thinking about moving at the moment, it's fair to say in a lot of parts of the UK, there are far less properties around at the moment to choose from if you're moving into rented. Um, yeah. You know, it, and it's normally pretty difficult for renters anyway, to be fair. It's interesting, isn't it? Because mm. we we have, um, I've actually read that that in some places there are a lot of landlords selling up. So mm. I don't know if that's, if that's, uh, we actually, actually we haven't quite seen that. But is, is there any specific area where it's harder to rent than others generally? What what do you think's behind it? So I think there are kind of three main points to this, and it's kind of creating a perfect storm, if you will. Mm. So um, I'll answer the question you've given me last, if that's all right, because it kind of makes sense to cover another bit first. But yeah, go the, the main thing is that, COVID has meant that the vast majority of renters, if they're renting somewhere at the moment, are literally staying put. Like if they can, if they can hang on and stay where they are, they are doing so. Um, and also there was some emergency legislation that was introduced last year, which means that landlords now who would normally be able to give what's called a no-fault eviction or a Section 21 notice. Um, so say, for example, a landlord wants to perhaps see if they can... Um, Put, you know, repossess the property, put it on the market, sell it, or perhaps, you know, they think that if the current tenant isn't prepared to pay a bit more rent, they'll just kind of like, you know, and it does happen. Um, yeah. They'll decide to, um, you know, ask them to leave and then remarket the property at a higher rate. So, you know, but what's happened is under the em emergency legislation, landlords can't give three months notice anymore on a Section 21 eviction. They have to give six months notice, which is important for everybody. So yeah. if you're a tenant... You know, that that gives you more security of tenure, obviously. However, if you're a landlord, it does mean that you need to take that into account. Mm. So what's happening is, as a result of this, there are fewer properties available because stock, that is to say rental properties available, isn't turning over as quickly as it normally would do. Because people are just literally, if they're in a, if they're in a rental, they're yeah. hanging on, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Then we've got a situation where in some parts of the UK, properties that would normally be a holiday let, there, there's been this sort of exodus from London in certain places, yeah. you know, where people have gone, well, I don't, I don't want to do lockdown in London. If I've got to do lockdown for 12 months and I've got the ability to work from anywhere, providing it's got broadband, I'll, I'll, I'll bugger off to the Norfolk Broads mm. or to Cornwall or to Devon. Yeah. Yeah. So again, there's been a, a chunk of stock that you would expect to see that now is not available because it's turned from being a holiday let into long-term rental. Right. So that reduces the amount of, of properties available. And then in the same kind of way that the family homes that are in those, you know, coastal areas like Devon, Cornwall, Dorset, you know, the typical holiday hotspots like, you know, the Cotswolds, the New Forest, 
you know, the beautiful bits of Norfolk and Suffolk. Yeah. You know, yeah. All of this stuff, you know, all these places have seen a sort of temporary influx of residents who've kind of gone, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to go and sit it out and do lockdown. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know, I know quite a few people who've yeah. done exactly that. Yeah. And then, and then on top of all of that, you've got people who have taken advantage of the boom that we were talking about earlier and the demand for homes. They've sold a property and they've decided to move into a rental so they're then chain free for when they do find something to buy. Mm. So all of these things, it's layer upon layer upon layer. And what it's created is a really difficult market for tenants at this at this point. That's very interesting. Really so, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't recall a time, certainly within the last 10 years, where it's been this difficult. But here's the really weird thing. This is all outside of London. I was because, going to say, is that yeah, what, what's happening in the city? So especially in London? London, we're seeing rents softening. So it's cheaper to rent in London, probably cheaper than it's yeah. been for years. Because, of course, so many people have done exactly the thing we were just talking about. Mm. So it's probably easier to find somewhere in London at the moment. And probably you'd get a really nice place a little bit cheaper at the moment because the the demand isn't there and and it's typically that demand that pushes london into being one of the most difficult cities to rent you know if not in the country probably in europe i would have thought yeah you know so it is all a bit topsy-turvy i would say Hmm. do you think that it'll be interesting to see whether that changes in london again once people start to go back into offices i mean you've seen some you know, you, you saw the head of Goldman Sachs, for example, be really uh, pretty robust about um, they want people to go back mm-hmm. to the office and, mm-hmm. and some of the other big banks have actually already said, do you know what, yeah, we're going to start opening the office, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that will start to change as we as we get back to normality? So I think or is it, this, you know, a new, a new world? Well, I think it's a bit of both because it all depends on the organisation you work for. And there are quite a few... Um, employers in London who have conversely said, well, everybody's worked so effectively from home, we yeah. have to move to a blended working model. So you can only, yeah. you, know, you only need to come in once or twice a week. Mm. Um, some have said, well, with, with business rents in London the way they were, frankly, we n- we've now proved that we don't need to be in London. So therefore, you know, mm. if we can get out of our lease, we will. And therefore, people can work wherever they want, and you know we'll we'll arrange for meeting facilities as and when we need them. So, I think it will be it's going to be quite a while. I would I would imagine that it's probably going to be another twelve months before things have settled into yeah. a, into a stable picture. I think at the moment it's still all a little bit topsy turvy, and okay. and it will be possibly for a while. I think. Um, so that said. I also think that um, where where we've seen this kind of, you know, the the holiday spots becoming, you know, more popular with people who were in London and have now moved out. I do think that perhaps that those are properties that that may not end up going back into holiday lets. I think there will be this kind of, at least for another year or so, Mm. these people will be enjoying the fact that they're waking up to the country on their doorstep and probably not in much of a rush to move back. And I did see, we won't cover it now because I, I haven't, but I did see a headline around actually that the Chancellor might be looking at yes. the, the tax 
regime around holiday lets but i think that's maybe something for another day maybe maybe we should cover that next week actually yeah but yeah yeah. so i think i think all of these things it, it feels to me if you are a renter at the moment and it's and it's you know and it's proving challenging for you there is a reason for it and that's kind of what i'm trying to articulate yeah. it's not just you this this is a thing this yeah. is kind of you know we're seeing it in a lot of places around the country so for tenants wanting to move now lou what advice would you offer i would say much like we were chatting about earlier about getting your ducks in a row before you apply for a mortgage mm. if you're a renter get your paperwork in order so you know, you are going to have to go through some kind of tenant referencing check. So make sure your credit score is is where it needs to be. Um, you know, if you're on the electoral roll, great. If you're not, register for it so that you can be easily verified. Your identity mm. identity can be verified. You know, make sure that you've got your bank statements, you've got your payslips, so you can prove your income because you'll need to do that for renting purposes. So you know. What you, what I would suggest is get all of that paperwork together, get it ready, so that when you find your next pad, then you literally, you, you're good to go. You can start the process of applying, getting your tenant referencing checks done, and everything else. Because mm. let's face it, there are a lot of landlords who, you know, sadly, their tenants, you know, may have been, you know, you know, become unemployed as, as a, as a, you know, a, a sad consequence yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they may have lost rental income. So the landlord may have lost rental income. So therefore, they are much more cautious now about referencing tenants. So again, I've really being... noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got one of our um, one of our people, actually, who's just moved down from Scotland to mm-hmm. Southend um, mm-hmm. uh, to work for us. And she's having terrible trouble mm-hmm. getting a, getting a, a, a rental property mm-hmm. um, because a lot of them, are, uh, yeah, they're they, they they really are trying to cherry pick their tenants. Yeah, really yeah. heavily. And that and that is kind of the point, Monty, is the fact that there is so much demand for rental properties. Landlords are, and it, to use your point exactly, cherry picking tenants. So mm. it is all about putting your best foot forward, presenting the best argument that you are the best tenant for that property. There you go. Good advice, as well, always. We try. We try. <laughs> This is The Property Show with Andrew Montlake and Louisa Fletcher. Now then, Monty, just before we wrap up this episode, come on. Yes. Come on. What mortgages have caught your eye over the last Oh, day? mortgages. You didn't think oh. you were going to get away with it, did you? Well, no. Well, you know, I love mortgages. They're so interesting. <sighs> so do we, do we know, very quickly, do we know anything more about our 5% deposit government-backed mortgages that are due to be released next week. Do we know anything more on those yet? No. Okay. And yes. Okay. (laughs) I'll explain. Right. So, no, we don't really because the government-backed ones haven't come out yet. So we don't really know. They're teasing us. They're teasing us at the moment. We don't really know where they're going to be priced. What's really interesting, well, interesting to me, and probably to and a lot me, of people actually, want, and a lot of other want, people who I'm want five sure. percent deposit yeah. mortgages, yeah. is that there are a few lenders who have, on the back of the news that ninety five percent government backlogs coming out, have already come out with their own version. So these aren't government backed. Mm-hmm. So you've got Accord, Bank of Ireland, Skipton, amongst a couple of others, who've all come out with five year fixed ninety five percent mortgages. Oh, okay. Um, 
So the cheapest of which is a cord at 3.99%. Okay. Fixed for five years, £995 fee. Um, do you know what? That's that's not that's not that's, too bad. That's it, not, it feels yeah. expensive, but well, it's actually yeah, but not. But it's a 5% speaking. deposit. That's and the it's thing, a 5% isn't it? deposit. Mm. Now, the rub is that it's first time buyers only. Okay. It's not available on new build or flats. Ah, uh, okay. Just houses. Mm -hmm. And they're very strict 4.49 times your income. Okay. Okay. And the others have quite similar criteria. A couple will lend on flats mm. and, and houses, but. Um, but okay. uh, that's sort of where we're at. So we're around the 4% level at the moment. Okay. Whether the government schemes will be cheaper or not remains to be seen. And remember that there mm. is a cost to lenders mm. for taking that government guarantee, which ain't okay. that cheap. Right. So, so that's where we are so at the So it's a watch end. this space is what you're telling me. Yeah, absolutely. And when we come back in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully mm. we should have the first should, of the yeah. government schemes. Yeah. Um, but in the 90% mm -hmm. rates have come down quite a bit. So you've now got Barclays, for example, two-year fix under 3% now. Wow. So 2.98% okay. 2 two-year fix. Or um, Clydesdale, Clydesdale have got 3.28% five-year fix. So that's at 90%. Mm -hmm. Now, at the other end of the scale, where the real cheapest chips yeah, rates the, are, yeah. <laughs> If you've got 40% deposit, platform have a 1.06% two-year fix. Wow. So if you were remortgaging, say, say you'd been in your house for a long time and you had a lot yeah. of capital, that sounds like that could be something. Yeah. Of course, it's only for two years. If you wanted five years, and I still think this is where the value is, Yeah. Um, you still got your mates nationwide at 1.24% oh. five-year wow. fix. I mean, you know. That's just they're good. Just they're a good bunch, you know. I know I say it every time, but they're a good bunch. <laughs> have you got shares in Nationwide? No, but I have my first mortgage with them. Oh, there so there's go. a loyalty. There's a loyalty. Oh. Other mortgages available. I'm not paid any commission for saying that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's beginning to wonder. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I had my first mortgage with the Portman Building Society. Well, that's what I was saying. I actually, so that was the bit I was going to say, and then I was going to be like, oh, I'm, ge I'm geeking right. out. So, yes. So, my first mortgage was with the with the Portman, and then, of course, they were purchased by the Nationwide. So, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Showing our age so now, months. <laughs> no, Portman Building Society. And do you know what? I had a Norwich Union top-up. <gasps> so, in those days, and I think they should bring these back, by the way. So 75% with Portman and a 20% Norwich Union top-up. And the Portman rate was about 3.5%, and the Norwich Union top-up rate was 13.5%. But the blended rate made it affordable, you see. Mm, oh anyway, no. there you that, go. Let's not talk about blended rates, dear. We that's, won't that's talk about blended new rates. Level. That's a new that's level. That's a new <laughs> level. New level. And, uh, yeah, we're out of time. On that, on that, on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. <laughs> it's gone. We've lost the audience. They've all, they all went to blended rates. We were geeking oh, out dear. there. Oh, dear. Um, thank you, Lou. It's been just marvellous, as always. Oh, and thank you for the all mine. Quiz. Oh, you're welcome. I'll come up I'm going to have one. one for you next time. Right. I'm, I'm looking there forward to go. that. Brilliant. There Brilliant. Um, and thank you all for listening in again. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And uh, you can leave us a review in your podcast app 
and we'd be very grateful if you would. Yes, we would indeed. And don't forget, we're here to help with your property problems and mortgage dilemmas. So if you'd like our advice, and we promise not to talk about blended mortgage rates, why not drop us an email to hello at theproperty-show.co.uk. And if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us, please give us a follow on social media. You'll find us on Twitter at The Property Show Pod. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.